On today's OTP Road to Nashville, TitansOnline.com's Jim Wyatt takes a break from writing eight stories a day and joins us in the studio. Jim gives us his thoughts on the latest draft rumors and the Titans' potential options at number 19. Amy Wells and the NFL Network's Daniel Jeremiah talk about the top of the first round and who are the surest things in this draft. That's today on the OTP Road to Nashville. And we start now. Two days until players are drafted in Nashville. Welcome to the OTP Road to Nashville. My name is Mike Keith, joined by Amy Wells. We are NFL today. We are NFL today. I like it. Yes, we you are know? We are official. Supporting the entire event. It, that's it. Equal opportunity here. And look who our guest is. It's Jim. the great Jim Wyatt. Glad Wearing to be a here. jacket. Are you cold? Uh, a little windbreaker. Uh, is it raining? It, it gets in a little here? drafty. Uh, uh-huh. Speaking of draft, it gets a little drafty upstairs uh, sometimes. So you got to keep arms. Covered. Davis Love the Third. Here. Yeah, wait a minute. Sh- wait a minute. Did anyone else just hear him say, "Speak of the draft"? <laughs> it's a little drafty. It is drafty upstairs. What was he told us? What was he told us last <laughs> week on the show that Christmas is on the twenty fifth? Was that the other? <laughs> <laughs> breaking news. Breaking yeah. news. Oh goodness. <laughs> there are all kinds of dad jokes. <laughs> See, we rehearsed this in the parking lot at Lowe's on the weekend. That's right. I figure so, that's yeah, what you so do. Mike, you have club meetings. Up some flowers. We were, yeah, I was carrying flowers <laughs> to the car and it, saw Jim and his wife, and oh, it was like, wow, this is our staff meeting. You guys we count really, it as a day of work now. You have just bumping weekends. We do. Wow. How about uh, if you're joining us live? Thank you, and. Uh, also, want to tell you, you can ask us questions during the course of the program. If you're watching via Facebook, Twitter, or YouTube, chime in. Mm-hmm. We're, we're going to have one portion of the program that I definitely want audience participation because I'm dying to hear what some of our viewers think. But that comes uh, later in the program. By the way, Jim Wyatt, just to talk about what a workhorse this dude is, mm-hmm. I checked it out. First 20 days of April, he's churned out 45 different articles. I didn't, including, real, I didn't realize that. Including six mailbags, which that would be labor intensive. Yeah. Do you sleep ever, Jim? I was going to say. I sleep a little bit here and there. T- turns out I have sleep apnea, uh, uh-huh. I have a, lot, a moderate case of sleep apnea. So I'm not only, only am I going to bed too late and waking up too early, apparently I'm not getting good solid not sleep restful when sleep. I do sleep. So I need to get that addressed once this draft is over with. But uh, I sleep a little bit here and there, but uh, probably not as much as I should. Well, but the rest of us benefit from but it because you're turning out stories. But he eats in a very healthy stores. way. He, <laughs> I do he really eat does. That, yeah. His cholesterol is excellent. <laughs> this is an intimate episode. <laughs> That's right. Well, Since he brought up his. Statins, yeah. He, he brought yeah. up his. Yes, Jim, later in the program, we'll take a full physical. <laughs> uh, we're glad to have you with us on, uh, you could tell, it's getting close now. We're I mean, giddy. it's getting close. We are, we are running hard. As a matter of fact, two different season ticket member events yesterday at the George Jones featuring roughly 500 Titans season ticket members. Who was it at lunch yesterday? The boss, Amy Adams Strunk. It was fantastic. Amy Wells and myself with Amy Adams Strunk. She's telling stories. I think she shook every hand in the room maybe wells i think you're absolutely right i mean she stood and met every single person that was there it was incredible but everyone was having a blast it was so fun she is a boss she is uh incredible how much she enjoys that too i went to jonathan hutton's event last thursday i know uh saw amy she was at a table next to mine and amy uh, Adam Strunk was the last person to leave. They pretty much had to get her out the door because she was enjoying mingling uh, with the fans. Uh, she's like that all the time, but this is obviously a, a week where she's really proud of the city and proud of the organization being in the spotlight with the draft in town. And uh, you know, if you want to see her, don't hesitate to stop her. She'd get mad at you if you walk by and don't say hello uh, to her. She did a great job yesterday. She did a good job at the press conference. She did a good job on NFL Network with our friend Tiffany Blackman. She did. Very impressed with it. Then last night, back at the George Jones, the rooftop, and one of the more special things I've seen in recent years, 
Steve Underwood, our president and CEO, was the special guest, and he gave a great talk, and everybody really enjoyed that. But before he got started, he called up a season ticket member from Nashville. Her name is Jane Randolph. And Jane Randolph had no idea, and she had met Steve Underwood on the street earlier. She had asked for a picture with him before the event even started. And so then the president of the team calls her up before the program starts. Let's let you see what happened after this. Jane and her late husband, Thomas, were founding PSL holders in our club. And we want to thank her for her support over the last 20 years. We're so grateful for that and for all of our other founding PSL holders. So, Jane, as part of our league's 100th season anniversary, I wanted you to know that the league is paying for your season ticket stock. Today I was really excited, minding my own business, and then my name was called, and I come up, and my tickets are paid for, thank God, for the whole year. And um, I'm just so excited. I could barely compose myself. It was just wonderful. Mr. Underwood. Making dreams come true. Heck of a job by Mr. Underwood there. He kept the secret very well. I liked his reveal. Club seats, too. Paid wow. for for the year. For Jane Randolph, she and her late husband, as she as as Steve said, were original founders back when the the team was just moving here, and uh, she's kept the seats since losing Thomas, and yet um, was was you know kind of kind of uh, excited about you know just being at this event, and it turns out to be one that she'll always remember. Good yeah. thing. And what a great year to have season tickets. Uh, it's always a good year to have season tickets and watch, uh, you know, football on Sundays. But, you know, if the Saints come to town and the Chiefs come to town and the Chargers come to town, AFC South is as good as it's ever been. It should be an exciting season, and uh, that's quite a surprise for her on a uh, on a Monday. That's a good thing. It was, it was really, really sweet. I mean, there's just no other way to put it. Just a really nice moment at the George Jones. Already been with uh, Charles Davis this morning from NFL Network. Ah, how is good old Charles? Well, he's he's wondering, like we all are, Arizona, are they going to take Kyler Murray at number one? Right. I think that's what all of the national folks are kind of wondering. Uh, pretty good misdirection by our friends in uh, in Tempe or Phoenix, where I guess they're technically in Glendale now. But nobody really knowing what Arizona's going to do. And if you're doing the... Like, we're going to do the Titans radio coverage starting at 6 o'clock on all of our Titans radio partners, including 104.5 The Zone. It's not so big for us because, obviously, radio not nearly as visual a medium, so we don't have to have six packages ready to go. Whomever gets picked, we'll, we'll be ready, and we'll just move it around. But if you're on TV, Whew. who you're going live to, what panel you're talking to, what you're doing, and, you know, if you're – ESPN, if you're NFL Network, you know, whatever whatever you're thinking, Fox, ABC, however it's going to go down, and everybody's got like seven crews on different sets and whatever, it's a, it's pretty good deception at this point. Yeah, this is definitely something that's shaking them up a little bit, and um, especially with such a broad coverage. I mean, this is the the most amount of – coverage that the NFL has ever gotten for the draft right and so there's so many people who I'm sure are thinking why in the world are we doing this because you can't even prepare for it with all of this news coming out so late and, and it's funny some years you know and other years you don't I remember last year uh, you know the Baker Mayfield stuff really started to heat up you know the day of the draft day of. You know? and uh, and then he was picked and uh, of course, the draft. There you go with the draft this year, uh, with everything that's going on, and and you know the Cardinals leaving, you know, Rose and other hype video, and some of the other things that were have been said. Uh, I think most people have been thinking it's going to be Kyler Murray, and um, so I'm anxious to see myself what happens. I think if you're the Titans and you're any team that's not picking a quarterback, you want the quarterbacks going off the board as quickly as possible because that kind of puts that in motion and the more quarterbacks taken early obviously it helps the other players fall I, I think the last thing you want to do is see 
you know the the quarterback staying on the board longer and then all the high highly rated players are still uh, then start going off instead Amy, do we have something on social you want to hit us with before we go to Jim's mocks, Jim's uh, tour of the mocks? No, let's do his tour of the mocks first. Okay. Because I think that so will spark the first debate. week, he did 30 mocks. The second week, Jim gave us the results of 40 mocks. This week, 50 mock drafts by Jim Wyatt. Who is number one on the mock list for the Titans at number 19? Well, back after a week at number two. <laughs> <laughs> it's Noah Fant, the tight end from Iowa. He is the Titans pick in nine of the 50 mocks. Amy Wells' favorite, Brian Burns, outside linebacker Clemson, or Florida State, I should say, is in an eight of the mocks as the Titans pick. And then a couple of Clemson defensive tackles, Dexter Lawrence with six, Christian Wilkins with four. In three of the mocks, Garrett Bradbury, the center from North Carolina State, is named. In three of the mocks, Hollywood Brown, the wide receiver from Oklahoma. In three of the mocks, T.J. Hawkinson, tight end from Iowa. In three of the mocks, Alabama tight end Irv Smith. So kind of all over the board. And then in two of the mocks, Rashawn Gary, who they revealed uh, came out in the media today, has a labral tear in one of his shoulders, which means he's either going to have to have surgery or he'll have to play in a harness this year, if that's true. Oof. May affect his draft status. Cleveland Furl in two, Montez Sweat in two. And then named in just one of the mocks with the Titans as pick number 19, DeAndre Baker, cornerback Georgia, A.J. Brown, wide receiver Ole Miss, Josh Jacobs, running back Alabama, Chris Lindstrom, an interior offensive lineman, Boston College, D.K. Metcalf, wide receiver, also from Ole Miss. So all over the board again as you tour the mocks, and we say it and we have consistently said it, plenty of misdirection opportunities for John Robinson. He must be thrilled. Yeah, I think so. And and obviously uh, you know, he's not giving anything away yesterday at his, at his press conference. Uh, I, I think when you look at what – how this has kind of transpired. Fain has been up there among the top three over the last month, I think. Burns has been a more popular pick of late. Wilkins has always kind of been up there. Um, it's always interesting to see, you know, some guys like a Josh Jacobs, who was just a wild card, came out of nowhere, uh, you know, as a, as a potential 19. I don't know that I necessarily buy that, but uh, it is interesting to see. And then DK Metcalf, who was – among the most popular picks in some of these mock drafts at the, when I first started doing these things, and now down to just one vote. I think he falls. Yeah, would, wouldn't surprise me. I mean, you look at him on film, he's an incredible athlete. You look at his body, I mean, he's he's jacked, and uh, you, know, you know he's big and physical. Uh, but you look at what he did at Ole Miss, and you, it gives you a moment to pause because he wasn't, you know, his stats don't blow you away. He had injuries he had to deal with there, and um, – you know, we, we all know about uh, the success rate of some receivers coming into the league. So I think I think it's going to be interesting just to see uh, how quickly he comes off the board. I, I kind of get the feeling he's going to fall a little bit myself. I have some questions from social media here. And the biggest thing that people are asking about so far this morning is the Titans' biggest area of need. What do you think is – we have all this information. We have all this stuff going on. What is the biggest area of need? I think it's edge rusher, defensive line. I mean, I'm going to cheat and, and use two. I mean, this team definitely, you know, got uh, – Well, guys who can get after the quarterback. Yeah, yeah, I think I agree 100%. Yeah, that's the biggest thing. And some of it can come up the middle with a big, nasty defensive lineman who can be disruptive. Uh, you know, some of it can come off of the edge. I mean, Cameron Wake's going to make a difference on this team, but uh, I, I think this team still needs help. You've got to start thinking about the future as well. So I think pass rusher, disruptive guys up front, uh, number one need in my mind. I think it's 100% right because Wake doesn't play forever. I mean, maybe he does. Gosh, the guys, I saw him in the hall. He's in such great shape. Maybe he's great forever. But as great as Casey is, he's nearly 30. And you hope, I mean, he may have, with the way he takes care of his body, he may have five more good years. But you have some other contracts that are coming up at certain places. 
I mean, they and, – and let's think about the division. Andrew Luck, Deshaun Watson, Nick Foles. You better have guys that you can get off the bus and you're just rolling them out there who can rush the passer. Titans didn't rush the passer well enough last year. They're, they are a very good defense – with more pass rushing, I think they're an elite defense. Now, is that defensive line or is it outside linebacker? Can you find at 19 a unique talent at that spot, regardless of whether it's interior or outside, can you find that guy who you just say, we wind him up and he goes and hits the quarterback? Titans could really stand to find two guys in this draft that could do that. Well, here's another social media question. It's an either-or would you rather move up for Oliver or wait and see if Wilkins falls to 19? I, I don't think moving up at Oliver to get Oliver is a realistic expectation. That's just me. I mean, I, I've seen him projected as a top five pick. and uh, Some people think the Raiders might take him at four. Yeah. So, I mean, to get there. Or the Jets at three. What would, it, what would it take to get to four if you're sitting at 19? See, you're, I don't you're think about, you're moving up. I just don't. Yeah, th- I, I agree. I don't think you're moving up because you've already you, – you have six picks in this draft. You've already traded your four next year. Your first pick of day three is already gone. Now, you got a, a backup quarterback who's a capable starter because of it, and you didn't cost yourself any more against the cap. So that's a great thing. I, I, I think that's a good trade to make. But I just don't think you're giving up a lot of capital unless it's just somebody that you think is a complete difference maker. So I think, and but you know what? I mean, on paper, you say John Robinson ain't doing that, but that's good because it may be a surprise when he does. You know, it's another possible misdirection by Jr. Which again, everybody's lying well, this time loves, of year. I mean, he he loves it. Mm-hmm. He lives for that. He lives for it. He yeah. lives to do that to us. <laughs> he walked in in there on our show. Uh-huh. Misdirection. So All right. I, I say so. I, so I, I think the more likely scenario is just stick and pick stick or trade pick. back than moving up. That's just my thought. All right, let's do something fun here. Now we're going to put everybody on the spot, and what we're going to do is we're going to say, "Okay, you get to play GM," which is fun, unless John walks in, then we have a problem, and we'll stop doing this. We'll act like it didn't happen. Mm. But you're at 19. Who's a player who realistically could be at 19? And I'm asking social media this, too, because I want your responses. I'm interested in your responses. Don't say Nick Bosa, okay? Nick Bosa's not going to be there. Don't say Josh Allen from Kentucky. He's not going to be there. I'm saying a player who realistically could get to 19 that you can't pass up if you're making the pick. Jim Wyatt, you go first. I'm going to go Christian Wilkins. And, and whether or not he's there, whether or not it's realistic he's there, is, is really uh, anyone's guess at this point. I mean, obviously, four mocks have him being there. Daniel Jeremiah, I talked to him. I know he's on the show uh, today. Uh, you know, he thinks he's a top 10 pick, but, you know, a caliber pick, I should say, but thinks there's a p- potential that he slides back. And I like him as a player, uh, I like him as a as a person, I mean, I listened to him at the combine. He graduated in two and a half years. Started working on his masters. Uh, he's a great personality. Um, I think he'd be a great fit in the locker room. So I like him. Uh, I think he's got the complete package for this team, and uh, that's the guy that I'd love to see be there and um, and couldn't pass him up if he's sitting there at 19. Christian Wilkins, Jim White could not pass up at 19. Amy Wells player that you cannot pass up if he's there at 19. Jeffrey Simmons. Defensive tackle, Mississippi State University. Absolutely. You I took know. mine. Thank you. I'm game sorry. is over. Well, yes. I'm <laughs> good at the game. Um, no, I know that there are a lot of flags. I won't even call them red flags, but there are a lot of things that are attached to him. Obviously, the issue coming out of high school, the injury to his ACL right now. I think that he is such a elite player I think that he is such a physical specimen that you can't pass up on something like that I think he's an investment obviously you're not going to get him for the majority of the 2019 season 
you're giving him a redshirt opportunity. I think that that's something that in 2020, he can come out and start immediately, barring any setbacks. Maybe you get him in time for the playoffs if your team can get that far. Like, I think that that is such a good investment for your football team that he's not a guy that you can pass up if he's sitting there at 19. So you're taking top five value for five years at 19. Absolutely. Knowing that, on paper at least, you don't figure to have him for the majority of 2019. I'm not drafting for right now. I'm drafting for the future of this team. You're saying that's the best pick for the – that's like Taylor Lewan in 2014. Exactly. When people went nuts, oh, how can they take Taylor Lewan? That's turned out. It turned out fine. Yeah, it's done okay. But I think that he's a talent that you can't pass up. Okay. And I like I like Simmons myself too. I mean, and that, that's the big question is he he does have some things attached to him. You know, the, the off the field stuff, the injury. Obviously, have the three years maybe answered the fact that it's been three years and that he has lived by all rights. And teams have done deep dives. If there are things we don't know, they know. Yeah. But if all of that checks out, three years of saying. I'm going to do it the right way. I'm going to prove that that was a mistake and I've learned from it. It it feels like teams think that's enough right now. I think that if he was able to make right in college, I think that that's a good indicator for me. That it's not a pattern of behavior. Right. I I have no idea what happened. I don't know the circumstances around that. I don't know anything. I've seen the video. I don't know anything beyond what I've seen. However, again, to your point, it's not a pattern. It doesn't seem to be a pattern. It doesn't seem to be something that he has an anger problem or he has some sort of issue where he can't control himself. And um, I, I trust a team to vet a player, and I trust the Titans front office and all teams front offices. I mean, they're all diving into the same stuff. I think that... Uh, it, You're good. Yeah, I'm good. I'm sold. And, and and this is just based off of social media interaction and stuff in the mailbag. But I did a story about Jeffrey Simmons a couple of weeks ago. I think the headline was, you know, could the Titans roll the dice on Simmons? Is it, and it was based on everything that he's been through. It was quotes from, from some of the draft analysts. And I got a lot of feedback on that. And, and majority of it was, would love to see this guy. A lot of the questions I get in the mailbag each week talk about Simmons. So I get the sense that the fan base, uh, at least the hardcore fans that interact wouldn't be opposed to that pick, even though you're you'd be taking him, knowing, as Amy said, uh, he's maybe he's going to help you more down the road than he's going to in 2019. You know, I think medically, from everything I've heard and everything I've read, he p- could be in a position to play in November uh, for the team that takes him. Well, that would be nine months, yeah. which is the normal recovery. And with the Titans having a week 11 bye week, maybe that's well-timed for him to slide in after that for a stretch run. But uh, I'll be curious to see where he goes because I think everyone agrees that he is a top five, top ten talent. It's just which teams can afford to take him and knowing you're going to have to wait a little bit. I mean, it'd be great for the Titans to get a guy like that, but at the same time, first 11 games of the season – could impact whether you're going to the postseason or That's not. Right. And you, you know, so you need guys that can impact your team. So if you don't, if you pick him, you better get some other guys or better feel like you've got some other guys that can get it done. And, well, and, it means you're probably going to have a 54 man roster because he's right. probably PUP to begin. So you would not have to carry him. You would be able to carry another player. You might be able to bring along another prospect or sign a capable veteran. And, and, you know, there's six, one, half dozen, the other. A lot of ways to look at it. So it's funny. You look at it. Christian Wilkins, probably the sure thing. And Jeffrey Simmons is more of the question mark. And I think long term, maybe he's not a question mark. But certainly at the beginning, uh, you, you're bringing in a guy who has some, some things he has to work through. All right. I'm going to give you my player that I cannot pass up if he's there at number 19. I was going – I was really struggling. Jonah Williams from Alabama, the offensive lineman, is a player whose talent and his versatility and his work ethic, I mean, he fills a lot of needs. And people are here in offensive line, they're going, oh, no. 
Don't because <laughs> that's never the sexy pick. But I mean, Jonah Williams is such a good player. Yeah. So I mean, really, really good. I went another direction though. Okay, so where, but what would you play before we get away from him? I'm curious to hit, see your picks going to be. But if you if you pick Williams, where where do you? He could li- start a guard. Yeah, he could start at tackle. Yeah, that's what you that's could, the thing, I mean. You I could, I mean, you could do whatever. He may be a center. I mean, some people think he's a center yeah. someday. I mean, this guy can just play. I went, however, with T.J. Hawkinson from really? Iowa. Really, I've watched. Ooh. I'm not a tape guy. I'm not an expert. But T.J. Hawkinson would never come off the field. He blocks, he catches, he runs. He, I mean, th- he is so good. He might be one of the two or three surest things in this draft. And, I mean, he's a matchup nightmare. He has good size. The, the, again, if you've watched his block reel, I mean, he flattens dudes. And I know... There are people who think tight end, what do you, and I don't think he falls to 19. I don't think he gets by Green Bay at 12. I'm hoping Jacksonville does not take him at 7 because I don't want to deal with him. But he's a really good blocker, and then he looks like Dallas Clark after he catches the ball. And I guess, and we've referred to it on the OTP Road to Nashville, I'm still a little burned about the fact that Jason Witten is still in the league and that we – could have taken him <laughs> um so i mean when you t- and, and i just think at 19 philosophically and you've touched on it some with simmons and you've certainly touched on it jim with wilkins if you can get that guy who's just going to be a good player for you for years that you're not saying okay we're doing this for week two of this year no we're doing this because we're going to get five good years that guy's just really good yeah I just don't want him to go to Jacksonville. He looks Mike's a little bit. picking players so they don't go to Jacksonville. Yeah, I don't Jacks. want him to go to Jacksonville. <laughs> looks a little bit like Carl Klug, and uh, you know, from just from appearance, but he uh, runs better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's but you love a guy. You love another guy like that to come in the locker room who's got that uh, personality and that work ethic, and he is a phenomenal player. I mean, no fans really good. The guy that's been projected oh, nine great. times, but Cockinson's better. I mean, he he can do. He's a better blocker. I think he's he, he's going to be a better pro in my mind and. Um, I wouldn't hate that pick. I mean, people would – first thing you'd hear is, well, what about Delaney? Well, you know, Delaney is, is going to – is heading into his 14th season. I'm not and even – can't play forever. This I is know, another weapon. But, yeah, but I'm just saying this guy – I'm just saying this guy is so good. Yep, I'm with you. And it doesn't have anything to do with what we have or what we don't have. I'm just saying I want good players and I want guys who can score touchdowns. And, and he can do that. That's why I also considered Hollywood Brown, who I'm – a little, I mean, that guy's just – I think he's fun. So so what, John? I would take if, – but if I'm picking, I'm with you. I think your, your percentages say defense because of need. But John has set himself up where he doesn't have to do that. He can, he can just say, you know, this guy is so good, I'm, I'm not going to leave him there. And, and all we've heard, you know, not only from John but from everybody that, that – that knows the draft and studies the draft. This draft is deep on the defensive line right. and edge rush. So you could take an offensive player and then get your defensive guy at 51. Who do the social media folks say they could not pass up at 19? It's all over the road. And well, some people some aren't playing by the rules because they're picking like six. You only get one pick at 19, guys. All right. I've got Noah Fant, yeah. Dexter Lawrence, okay. TJ Hawkinson like you, okay. DK Metcalf, Got Brian Burns, okay. Montez Sweat, well, Montez Sweat, Hollywood Brown. Someone said Mike Keith. That Thank was you. nice. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, that's here's another Brian Burns. Like it's, I mean, everybody that has been in the mock drafts is basically someone that if they fell to 19, Titans fans would be pleased. All right, let's take a look just as we kind of fill you in. Just over 48 hours away from the first round. These are the teams that figure to have big Thursdays because they have multiple picks in the first round. Oakland has three. They go at four, and then the picks that they got from Dallas and Chicago, 24 and 27. The Giants have Cleveland's number one pick at 17. They also have their own at number six. And then Green Bay has pick 12, which is theirs, And then they have picked 30 from New Orleans that came in last year's deal 
for Marcus Davenport. So those are the teams that figured to have a big Thursday. The teams that will be doing nothing on Thursday, watching, maybe eating hot chicken. Cleveland doesn't pick until 49. Dallas doesn't have a pick until 58. New Orleans, we mentioned, traded their pick, so they won't go until the end of round two. Chicago doesn't go until round three at 87. Now, that doesn't mean they can't trade future picks to get back in the first round, but right now, those teams are not in it. That means one more night of sleep for Chicago's staff. Mm -hmm. They are going to be sleeping on Thursday night. All right, so teams that have the capital to move up, Jim White, take a look at this list. Oakland has four of the first 35 picks. So if they make a pick at four and then say they want to go back up in the teens to grab somebody else, they can do it. The Giants have those picks right there at 6, 17, 37, and 108. Some are speculating that that pick 37 may go to Arizona for Josh Rosen if the Cardinals decide to select Kyler Murray. Keep an eye on Jacksonville because after seven, they have an early two and then an early three and then a compensatory, a late three. Green Bay, we mentioned the two ones. They've got a two and a three. Houston is a team that's being talked about moving up, potentially to grab an offensive lineman or a corner. They may move up from 23, and they could do that because they have back-to-back picks in the second round. Indianapolis has the Jets number two. So if Indianapolis wants to package 26 and 34, they would have the opportunity to jump up. They also have their own two and then their own three. There's talk that Kansas City may deal 29 and 61 to Seattle for defensive end Frank Clark. That could be. So instead of moving up, maybe they just trade those picks. And then look at New England. Doesn't New England, (laughs) how do they have like 19 picks every year and they're all good? New England has six picks in the first 101. So if they want to go up in the first round, if they want to really make some things happen crazy on day two, I mean, they've got all of those options. I'm just not even interested in that. Like, New England, get out of here. Okay. We're tired of it. Well, then then let's go to the <laughs> back that up graphic. Teams that may want to step back. The Jets are a team at three that may want to because you see the hole from three, and then they don't pick again till 68. Seattle... If they're going to deal Frank Clark, then they want to add picks because they only have four, and they pick at 21, then they don't pick again till 84, so they, they may want to do that. Baltimore goes from 22 to 85, so while Baltimore does have more picks than just those two, they have that major gap. And then there's some thought that the Rams, who pick at the end of the first round and then twice at the end of the third round, may want to gather some more picks to get in the second round. So those are good candidates to back up. So that's a little bit of a look at that. Man, Thoughts, it's all happening opinions? so soon. It's, I can't believe the whole time we're going through all of that, and there's so many possibilities. It's 48 hours it's away. It's 48 hours away. Wow. And the writers, I mean, you talk about being in a good position with so many picks early. Now, uh, depending on who you listen to, they'll tell you there's – anywhere from 15 to 22, 23 first-round guys in this draft. I mean, I think the Titans are in a pretty good position sitting at 19, but if you're outside of that number, and again, everybody's board is is different, then I think that's when you maybe try to get up and get another premier player. Uh, and I'll be curious to see who, who makes the leap. All right. You had a chance to visit with the new Mike Mayock. I did have a NFL chance. At NFL Network, and he's not new. He's Daniel Jeremiah. We know him well. He's a former scout. He played quarterback at Appalachian State. He does the Chargers games on radio with Matt Money Smith. It's a great broadcast, by the way. They do a fantastic job. And you got an opportunity to just pepper him with questions yesterday. Yep. I'm so excited to hear it, so set it up and throw it to it. Well, we talked about a whole bunch of different things. We were able to address the latest news, everything to get you ready for the draft. But we also talked about him and how he's prepared for his first year as the guy. 
Daniel, do you feel extra pressure this year being NFL Network's ranking draft analyst? Not really. It's I have too much fun to, to feel pressure with, with the role that I'm in. I mean, it's it's been nice to have been on the set and have been around the group and see how it's all done. So I just tell everybody, they ask, how different is this? I said, well, instead of talking second, I'll, I'll talk first. But it's basically the same job. Has it changed the way that you prepare at any point leading up to the draft? A little bit, and just in terms of, you know, some of the videos that we'll roll out during the draft. That, you know, I have a chance to have a little bit of an impact on those in terms of the XOs and what we want to really focus on and you kind of carve out the direction we're going to go there. But once the draft starts in terms of, you know, being able to discuss players, discuss teams, how it fits or you like it, you don't like it, it's the same preparation that I've always done. So just a little tweak there with some of the video stuff. In your latest top 50, you had Nick Bosa at number one. Tell me why. I'm a Nick Bosa guy. I have been since I went to the Cotton Bowl and saw him against USC and saw that live. And you go back to last year's draft, I mean, that was one of the knocks on Sam Darnold was, you know, he didn't play well against Ohio State. Well, there's a reason why he didn't play well against Ohio State, because Bosa was hitting him every other snap. So that was my first time of really seeing him live, and then I know he was injured this year. But every time he's been on a football field and I've watched the tape, he's dominated. He's found a way to have a big-time impact on the game. So, you know, doing the Charger games as well and seeing, you know, Big Brother and the impact that he's had, I'm sure that has a little bit of influence because it is somewhat the family business. It seems like all we've been hearing about is Kyler Murray and Arizona. What do you think is going on there? Look, it could change like that. I still believe Kyler Murray ends up being the first overall pick to the Cardinals. I know there's been some buzz out there that maybe they go in a different direction, but to me, it feels like the toothpaste is kind of out of the tube with Josh Rosen, and to try and, you know, try and put that relationship back together would be a little troublesome to me. It seems to me all signs pointing towards a new quarterback there, and now I'm just anxious to find out, you know, where does Josh Rosen end up? That'll be a compelling storyline to follow. You have Jeffrey Simmons listed as the number 15 player in mm-hmm. this draft. Given everything that has happened with him, with his ACL, yeah. with the incident coming out of high mm-hmm. school, Do you still believe that he is a first-round pick? I believe, if healthy, he's a top-five player in this draft. That's how talented he is. I I think he will go in the first round. It's probably more likely towards the bottom end of the first round where you've got some teams. Look, you're picking at the bottom of the first round. You're winning games. You've got a little more security. You can take a a chance on a guy that might have a redshirt year. You don't have to sit out the entire season. So I do think he goes in that area. You know, I'm glad you mentioned, you know, some of the issues, not just the ACL. There's the video that's out there, unfortunate situation with him that happened when he was in high school. And when you talk to everybody at Mississippi State, he's been a model citizen. They've had absolutely no issues, and they all vouch for him, not just as a player, as a person. And I think the teams that have done their homework on that, you don't love the situation by any stretch. Teams have become a little more comfortable with him. Another Mississippi State guy, Montez Sweat. Mm -hmm. He has a heart condition, so some people are reporting that he's coming off of teams' boards. Number one, do you even think that's true? And number two, how far do you think he's fallen? Yeah, I've talked to teams that have that have removed him, you know, over the last couple days. So we see this every year where there's some some medical situation. Some teams are going to remove him from the board. Other teams are going to be cautious and maybe, okay, he drops down a little bit. And some teams, based off the condition and the medical expertise they have on hand, feel comfortable with the situation. So the good news for Montez, it just takes one team. You know, you don't have to be a favorite of all 32 teams. You don't have to be on all 32 draft boards. You only need to be on one. So that'll be interesting to see where he ends up. If you have a choice between Simmons and Sweat, who are you taking? Whew. I think Simmons is a better football player. So I would say I would take Simmons. Although, you know, it's again, it's two complicated situations. I think if the doctors were, were okay on Sweat and, and felt good about that situation, I could see somebody leaning in that direction. Speaking of guys that are coming from the same team, do you have a favorite defensive prospect coming out of Clemson? Oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah, there's so many of them. To me, it's Christian Wilkins because you're trying to find interior pass rush. It's so rare to find those guys. So to me, that skill that he presents, be able to rush the passer inside and then generate some negative plays in the run You know, with his quickness. To me, he's a top 10 player in the draft. Now, I, I'm a big fan of, of the rest of the group, and I think we'll see three of them go in the first round on Thursday night. But if I had to choose one, I'd go Wilkins. Darnell Savage crept your top 50 for the first time. What stands out to you about him? He just plays fast. You know, he ran fast, and sometimes you'll see guys that run in the four threes, but it doesn't really correlate, doesn't translate to the field. With him, when you study him, you see him just flying around. And I like the fact you could play him in the slot, he could play some man coverage, he can play as the high safety, and then he's still tough and physical when he fills the alley. He just doesn't have that prototype size that you're looking for. 
But in a league that's the ball's going up in the air as much as it is, the ability to cover, I put a little more emphasis on that. Michigan outside linebacker Chase Winovich, also yeah. major top 50 for the first time. What pushed him into the top 50? I got to the point where I just kept, you know, looking at names and kind of he'd been hovering around that range. And I say, you know, this guy just is too active. He makes too many plays. You, you know, he tested really well. He ran in the 4-5, so he shows you he's athletic. And at some point in time, you're like, okay, why, why don't I like this guy? Why don't I have him in there? I didn't have an answer. So at that point in time, I said, you know what, second round range in that bottom of the 50 is where he belongs. All right, I saved the hardest question for last, oh, the gosh. money question. All right. In the 2019 draft, who are the safest bets? Who are the guys that you feel sure about? I'd say Garrett Bradbury, the center from NC State, is one of the best center prospects I've seen over the last few years. You look at Ryan Kelly, who was, who was coming out of college, goes to the Indianapolis Colts, and really has emerged as the best center in the NFL, in my opinion. I think Bradbury's he's got the ability to be a perennial Pro Bowl player, so I feel like he is a very safe player. And then, you know, if you're going to look at somebody else, probably my favorite player in the draft is TJ Hawkinson, you know, from Iowa, who's a, an inline tight end. Everybody knows about how good a blocker he is. I think when we praise him so much as a blocker, it gets lost. This guy gets open and catches everything. So to me, he's, he's a Jason Witten clone. And as people around this state know, he turned out pretty good. You're here in Nashville. Are you just ready to get this thing started? Oh my gosh, if there was a fast forward button, I would be pressing <laughs> it as hard as I could right now. What a good guy and uh, does a great job. Daniel Jeremiah, kind enough to stop by the facility yesterday and visit with you. Absolutely. We, uh, we had a lot of fun. There was a lot to discuss. Yes. Well, we <laughs> focused a lot on players and who they're going to pick, who the teams are going to pick, who the Titans are going to pick. But one thing we want to focus on here on the OTP Road to Nashville is who's going to make the literal pick. The actual picker. Now, you know that John Robinson is going to make the selection. He's going to call it in. But he's not going to write it down and hand it in. The two gentlemen with us in the studio, when you see Selection Square and you see the Titans, it will be Anthony Pastrana, the director of football technology, and Joey Barranco, who is the assistant equipment manager. Gentlemen, are you prepared for your task? We're ready to go. Oh, yeah. We're ready to go. Have you been practicing? Have you been talking things through? Well, my daughter is in kindergarten now, so she has a little book that you can write letters and things <laughs> like that. So I've been practicing at home. Who's the that. actual writer? Anthony does. Anthony writes write it down. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So is one person the phone guy and one person's the write-it guy? Well, we both listen to the phones, headsets similar to this, um, and then what will happen, John will call in the pick to us, and we'll – We'll find out in the book. We have a booklet that has all the names in it. We'll find the name, write it down, check it over, check it twice, things like that. How did you get selected for this role? That's a great question. I think uh, John would be the uh, be the person to ask that question to. I'm not really certain. I mean, I I know we got an email one morning about what Joey about five in the yeah, morning. Like five in the morning. <laughs> five in did the morning. Did you think it was from, a joke? I I really didn't know what to think. You know, anytime you get an email that early. Uh, in the morning from your boss, you panic a little bit because sure. you're like, "What? What is wrong at the office?" And then takes a second for the, you know, for the eyes to kind of get focused in on the, on the phone to see exactly what's written down. I was kind of in shock. I was like, "What is this again?" So, it, you know, that that was kind of my initial reaction when I saw the email. What would your normal duties be during the draft? Would uh, you have any? Yeah, usually we, I would just stay back here, and when we made our first pick, we would make the jersey in the back, get that ready, and. The, if they need anything in the draft room, uh, we kind of help them out, do things like that, just kind of be a runner if we needed to do anything for, for the guys upstairs. So you're working on all the, the tape. It used to be called film, but you're you're taking care of everything that goes with that, Anthony. You run right. a crew of how many now? We have uh, two full-time people, and then we have two part-time people, so we've we've ballooned up to, to five people now yeah, because once when, we get going. When you started, it was you and Kenny Sparacino, and that was it. That was it. It was two two people, and then, of course, then, you know, we had Craig come along, and it was Craig and I for, for a good number of years, and then, you know, we started just kind of evolving, and, and you know, that required more people and more hands and more bodies, and, you know, that's that's kind of how we've, we've kind of evolved, and I think we've seen that across our entire organization over the last couple of years. So I think that uh, it's just, you know, part of time and the evolution. So with Joey working in equipment, AP, you working in video, 
you guys really have no skills that help when it comes <laughs> to <It's, laughs> picking a no, player, I, right? I try no. to be absolutely, I, I really try and pay as little attention she as I can. She just dogged you guys. <laughs> I That's did, and they went with it. <laughs> that, that was, that was awful. I mean, that, that <laughs> was so rude. I, I, I tell people all the time. I, you know, I'm I'm a video guy. I'm not a I'm not yeah. a scout. <laughs> who are the other people who are going to be in Selection Square? Normally, like say, who does it for Minnesota? Who does it for New England? It's, it's usually guys like us, video yeah. guys, equipment, maybe an ops guy, things like that. But um, yeah, those are the guys that usually usually are there too. And it varies from team to team. I mean, yep. there's a handful of teams that are exactly like us, and. There's some teams that it might be some other exec from from some other part of their their organization, so it just varies from team to team. This isn't the first year you guys have done this. Yeah. It's what your fourth, fourth, fourth or fifth? Yeah, because like weren't the people who did it before someone from Houston that had done it for forty years for Mr. Oh, Adams? I want to say there was someone who lived in New York. Lived in New York. Okay, that lived were friends of Mr. Adams, yeah. and that's and, and the draft was always in New York at that time. So. How it kind of evolved, where where John wanted to have some different people, I you know I'm not I'm not a hundred percent sure, but it evolved and here we are. So when Titans fans see you sitting in Selection Square at the Skirmerhorn, or, or they see you on television, what should they know about about what you're doing? So I think it's just you know you what what we're doing is we're we're listening back in. So the headphones have are the direct phone line back into our draft room. Okay. Sometimes that phone is open. Sometimes it's on mute. So that's what we're listening for. And then basically what we're doing is we're just relaying any information from the selection square back to the draft room. So-and-so just picked this player. This next team is on the clock. This is how much time we have. Just kind of going through when we start getting a little closer to our pick and we'll start counting them off. Hey, we're now five back, four back. Uh, just that kind of stuff. Um, then when the team directly in front of us picks, they actually have runners from the NFL behind us. And they will have a two-way radio. So you don't have to run the pickup. No. We do not. There is no more running. We just hand the card to someone behind us, and then they take the card. They actually radio who we pick to the to the head table, and then they in turn, you know, let everybody else know who we pick. So. I see Mike has a, a card right in front of him. Well, that's what we want to do. We <laughs> want to test you guys out here on the OTP. So we're going to give each of you a card. And give you a pen. And we want to see who can fill this out wow, more like accurately. And we'll go ahead and give you. We're going to say you're going to pick 19th. Okay. okay. So so you can go ahead and write that in. We're just okay. round one, 19. <clears throat> and uh, I'm going to throw out just a name. And okay. we'll see who can fill out the card more quickly and more accurately. The spelling count? Spelling yeah, count. kind of tough. Yeah, I don't have anything to look at. Okay, but I mean, you know, I mean, this is <laughs> your job. You're supposed to know this. <laughs> That's true. All right, so are you ready? Get ready. They look ready. TJ Hawkinson, <laughs> tight end, Iowa. Here we go. This is intense. So Anthony is normally the writer, but the, what we're going to find out here is should <laughs> it be Joey? We have the going. clock going. He's from uh, Iowa. He's from Iowa. We're at 10 seconds now. Boy, I hope we're not down to the final. What position did you say was a tight end? I don't think I spelled it right, but. Joey's in. Wow, Joey's Joey's in in 18 seconds. Is that even close? very nice handwriting. Very nice handwriting. Very good penmanship. Are are you supposed to, what is this line from? Well, that's only if there's a. If we trade it, so if say we got the pick from Miami, oh, okay. yeah. which can nice. get a little, that can Look get a little, that, that can a get gra- a little Maybe Joey should be. So that can get dicey as far as like if on. there's a big trade that happens, that happens four or five teams, yeah. and you have to write every team it's from into there. How much pressure, in all seriousness, how much pressure do you guys feel about this? Because you're, ve- you're very I, professional about it. I'm, I, I'm, yeah. I, you're always professional at how you do your jobs, but... I'm I'm surprised at just how serious you guys are. Yeah, are I'm, you afraid John's watching? Is that no. why? <laughs> no, I kind of I kind of see it as um, the first time we did it was kind of like a opening kickoff of a the first regular season game. Your heart's kind of thumping. Oh, yeah. You're nervous because it's the first time you did it. Um, but now I think it's just kind of kind of routine, and we know what to expect. The first time we did it, we didn't know what to expect, what was happening around us, things like that. So I think it's gotten easier over the, the last couple of years. Is there going yeah. to be anything different about doing it in Nashville as opposed to traveling to some of these other cities? 
I don't uh, think we so. don't have to get on an airplane yeah. tomorrow. So that's that's. Yeah. <laughs> That's, that uh, is nice. Good job there, Anthony. <laughs> yeah. okay, good to have you with us, Captain Obvious. <laughs> I mean, that's that's really nice. nice. I mean, I enjoy not having to, to, to battle the airport. What sort of provisions do you have, and when do you assume the position at the table? I mean, how quickly do you um, – can you get up and leave? Do you – We have a meeting, I think, 5.30 on Thursday, and then right around 6 o'clock we'll call – We'll call Carly here upstairs to get the phone lines Carly, going grants. to make sure that everything is going the way it should. Um, and then we'll just kind of mute it, and then we'll get on the phones probably about 640 and just kind of sit and listen and just kind of wait. Do you get snacks? That's what I'm saying. Like yeah, there's, yeah there's, snack, there's snacks. There's dinner. Yeah. Um, usually we'll kind of rotate, you know, a couple before our pick. If we w- we're going to be there, obviously, ready to go, the both of us. But after the pick, we can kind of get up and... Usually the first two days, you know, Friday or Thursday and Friday, you know, the rounds aren't particularly long. So and there is a lot going on. So, you know, really, you don't really get up and and move around Saturday, you know, when it's a little more spread out. You know, you might need to stretch the legs. So it's not like the, you're not like the commissioner. You don't just do round one and then head out and (laughs) hand it off to somebody else. You guys are doing the whole thing. We're there. We're there for the whole thing. It's quite an honor. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's a lot of trust. I mean, you know, you think it's just right in a car, but, you know, it's, it's a lot of trust in people here to to make sure they have the right people to, you know, not mess it up. Just get it done and, like I said, be professional about it and go about your business. Very cool stuff. It is really cool. I mean, what an experience. It's <laughs> You get to be part of something that people can only dream of being close to. Yeah. So that's yeah. so cool. Good stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, Anthony Pastrana, Joy Branco, right here. So when you see them, you'll say, tell your friends, say, oh, that's Anthony and Joey. <laughs> yeah. I know them. They have very good penmanship. They have very good, very very good writers. Impressive. We work all year long to, to have <laughs> they work all year long. Like Calligraphy I mean, classes. It just, it just is, you know, just the kindergarten notebook. Uh-huh. There you go. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, coming up on the Wednesday OTP, one day before players are picked in Nashville, guess who's back? Coach Dave McGinnis. Coach Mack. He'll be here. And guess who else is here? CJ2K. CJ2K. Chris Johnson in the house. First round pick in 2008. You know what number he was in terms of the the round? 24th. Oh, I was going to guess 22. Hey, that's not bad. He was the 24th pick of the 2008 first round. He's a pretty good player, wasn't he, guys? Yes. As, As far as dealing with him on equipment, Joey, how is it to deal with CJ on equipment? He was getting a lot of demands. No, he wasn't too demanding, but he was one of Nike's SMU guys, which means he's a special makeup guy. So what is special makeup? Special makeup. So he had his own shoes. So he got to design his own shoes every year and his own gloves. Um, and then he has special girdles that had pads all in them that were sewn to what where his knee was, to where his thigh was, things like that. So if he took a hit in a certain area, we can measure it out where it was, and Nike can make a girdle just for him for what he needed so that's fascinating yeah so my job every week was just to make sure he had the right shoes we would he had three or four different kinds that he could pick from each week and then the same with gloves so we just made sure he had what he needed wow yeah do you have a social media question well more just a shout out says big ups to the video slash training and equipment crew thank you for spotlighting these guys he says you're the unsung heroes of the team that's That's nice very nice there you go thank you that's good stuff. Yeah, isn't that nice? UTEP and UAB right here in the house. <laughs> yeah. Look at that. Good conference stuff. rivals right here. Yeah. What's that? Conference rivals. Is I that like it. you are conference we rivals? We are conference rivals. I'm surprised. The miners and the Blazers. The miners and the Blazers. You mean that's not uh, all over the place? Well, yeah. I mean, we can't. <laughs> it's not but that's another show. <laughs> we did. That's break the top OT this after year. this. <laughs> <laughs> People don't know the that's big the uh, conference rivals. It is. Yeah. <laughs> Bonus round. We do that on Bill Maher after hours. <laughs> whatever you call it. All right. Well, good. So, thanks for stopping by. Thanks yeah, for thank having us. Thanks for what you do, Anthony Pastrana and Joy Branco. For those guys and for Amy Wells, Mike Keith reminds you that it is two days before players are drafted in Nashville. And uh, we're fired up, man. We were downtown yesterday. It's awesome. Thanks for joining us for the OTP Road to Nashville. Have a great day, everybody.